Hello and welcome to TBR Spotlight from the Big Review Ski, your companion podcast to Loki on Disney+. Plus. That's two episodes down, you Marvel maniacs, and four to go. I'm Owen, now, there's you say Rory. And four to go or and Thor to go? Oh, there, that's two episodes down, you Marvel maniacs, and Thor to go. Was Great. that better? Great. Amazing. <laughs> that uh, oh, that person making better jokes than me already is Rory. Hello, Rory. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Rory, bef- before we go any further, I do have a very, very important question to ask you. Oh, my. Go on. Are you, are you, are you ready for this? I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I'm already, I'm kind of nervous, to be honest. Go on. You should be. Um, can you please confirm, Rory, to yeah. your knowledge, yes. that you're not a fully robotic being. You were born an organic creature, <laughs> and you do, in fact, possess what many cultures would call a soul. That's tough. I knew that would be a difficult part, the, spo- the soul part, especially. Well, like any part of it really is, is tricky for me to confirm. Um... Let's say yes. I haven't had any like major problems going through like X-ray machines at the airports or whatever. So we'll say yes to the Perfect. to the non-robot part. Well, come back to me on the soul part. <laughs> okay, we'll see if we can find Rory's soul throughout the duration of this episode. This is, of course, our second uh, episode in TBR Spotlight where we're taking a look at the brand new series Loki on Disney Plus. Um, great reaction to the first one. Mm-hmm. Thanks everybody um, who was listening. I mean, great reaction to the actual real Loki episode as sure. well. Congratulations to Marvel, but also thanks everybody. I don't think they the need next- our support at this point. <laughs> I think they've definitely got, they've got that. Definitely covered. not. So in the week uh, since the first episode, I've had two thoughts. Two thoughts. Just the two, is it? Just Seven days been, filled by uh, two thoughts. It's it's a bit. It's been a real busy week for me. That's more. Than, that's more than you lie down. Yeah. So the first one was before watching this this brand new second episode. Um, I was thinking about you know the interrogation scene in the first one when Tom Hiddleston and Owen Wilson are sitting together and they're kind of watching. Uh, a flashback of his life and then a flash forward mm-hmm. and to events that he obviously hadn't been uh, aware of because they hadn't happened in this 2012's uh, Loki life yet. And I thought, what if that potentially spurred on Loki to basically help through events uh, of the rest of those MCU films after the Avengers in 2012. Um, and he had been helping all along without us knowing it, you know, kind of dropping in here and there. Um, because obviously once you introduce the completely batshit concept of time travel in any way, you can start to mess around with whatever you want. But uh, that was one of the thoughts anyway. Do you yeah. think there's any merit in that? I, I like that because not only does it involve uh, time travel and dimensional travel, Loki himself can appear as anyone. So he could pop up in any of these movies pretending to be anyone that kind of, you know, is the instigator or the catalyst for a particular action. Like anyone, like if you think about it, if you really think about it, big swing, it's on the way. I can feel it. That could have been Loki who went off the cliff in, in Boromir. Whoa, Voromir. Voromir, yeah, sorry. Not Vor- Lord of the Rings. The other Voromir, one. Sean Bean. <laughs> Black Widow fell off the top of Sean Bean. Yep. It's a long fall, to be fair. <laughs> but that could have been him. He that could, he like and he's got, you know, Black Widow safe and sound somewhere, but he knows this is what needs to happen for the for them to get this particular stone. So yeah, like it could and Loki's just pretending to be dead at the bottom of the thingy. <laughs> 
Like it surprises yeah. me that Norma went back to collect her body at any point. She is a friend of theirs, after all. That that is true. Um, um, that's that's one of the bigger swings, but but I like it. Thank you. I'm here for it. Thank you. Um, so that that was thought number one. All right. Thought number two, and this was more kind of a real world thing uh, in my life. I was wondering, have you noticed as you, as you watch the episodes, uh, have you noticed little blips happening in the show where it seems to jump slightly, or you know, like in Fight Club, whenever. Brad Pitt's character kind of adds in little things because th- 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 I honestly think I have a really old laptop and I right. think it might just be my internet connection <laughs> and my laptop. Are you seeing like or- set like single frames of penises in the middle of Loki? <laughs> <laughs> always, always. <laughs> this was more, uh, it was like, like a little character would jump, but then sometimes when I rewind it, it didn't seem to happen again. So I think huh. that one might be down to my dodgy Wi-Fi. It's either down to your my- Wi-Fi or you need to see a doctor. Yeah, one of those, one of those two things. Um, so those were the two thoughts for the past week, anyway. All right. Well, it's funny that you mention Fight Club uh, specifically because you know what? Actually, I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait for that because that that's oh. leading up to a bigger conversation that actually doesn't take place until towards the end of the episode of Loki. So, with you know what? It'll pay off. This is my it'll, Chekhov's gun. So amazing. It'll it'll pay off at the end. The Chekhov soap. That's what it'll be. Mm-hmm. Um, right, listen. Check off single frame of penis. <laughs> Much catchier title. Okay, listen, episode two, opening scene, straight away, we hear this amazing medieval music and your mind automatically goes, oh, they've traveled back one hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years to medieval times. And then lovely, nice twisty turnaround from the Marvel writers. Uh, it's actually Wisconsin, 1985. Great. We're in the middle of a Renaissance fair uh, where the Minutemen <laughs> turn up. Uh, as they're on the hunt for the Loki variant, they've tracked whoever that is to this particular time and location. What did you think of this? I mean, <laughs> I'm already a little bit giddy talking about it, but what did you think of this uh, opening sequence at the Renaissance Fair? It was great. It was so clever. Like, again, yeah, like it was such a a great kind of rug pull where you're like, oh, what's he done back here? Oh, no, it's just the 80s. Um, we did see, is it actually, is it later in this episode? Um, that like they have to actually do something in the timeline in order for it to start diverging. Mm, yes. So I'm wondering what the other ver the other Loki, I guess, variant did to warrant them to hunt them down into. <laughs> I'm very careful with the words I'm using. Uh, hunt them down into 1985. But uh, yeah, it was great. You see, I think Sasha Lane is her name, the actress. Uh, she was in American Honey and she was in Utopia great actress and she's kind of at the forefront of this particular group of Minutemen um, and she she already seems like pretty uh, capable uh, but it's it's the it's the other people in the one woman in particular who's like what are you what are you wearing what, you know you can't wear that and then when they walk off and she just delivers the perfect line of some of us need this you know <laughs> that was- it was just great it was so funny that line was was incredible because uh, you know whenever you know any any kind of party or event or anything you've been to, where the person organising it is obviously so committed to it yeah. and so annoyed if people aren't taking part, and you can just imagine that lady who had organised the Renaissance Fair, and then these you know four or five uh, Minutemen kind of rock up, um, and they're dressed in completely the wrong gear, yeah. but it is just that little. Oh, like it, it actually cut right through me. You were like, oh, I can feel that. It was like, oh, some of us need this. And you're like, oh, it's, so, it's so true. But um, 
Yeah, you mentioned, uh, obviously, they put up on screen that this is the 80s. Um, the other way we know it's the 80s because they go full kind of Guardians of the Galaxy in this opening sequence where it's fight scene set to the amazing uh, tune Bonnie Tyler holding out for a hero, uh, which obviously most people will know just because it's an amazing tune. Also sure. from Footloose as well, but it just suited this. It just felt like fun, just loads of fun, but also something serious going on. Yeah, it's interesting. Like they could have picked any song from the eighties and just to really hammer home the eighties. So it's curious that they picked "Holding Out for a Hero" when they're fighting what we're being told is the villain. Mm. So is that a little clue, Marvel? Uh, again, we don't get a good look at this alternative Loki, um, but they they kick everyone's ass and they snatch another one of those kind of eraser bomb things, and also uh, I think. Sasha Sasha Lane is maybe the only one to survive. Is that right? Her character? I th- I think so, yeah. I think there's a neck break in there and a couple it's of bits of Pretty and savage, but... yeah. Like yeah, it's exactly. not it's not she's not knocking uh she, other people aren't being knocked out. It's murder. <laughs> <laughs> it's actual it's actual murder. Yeah, here's that murderous hero you're looking for. Um but then a, a lovely just like little line in the middle of all the action whenever one of them says, What are you doing? And they just say having fun and you're just like yeah they're just um you know if it is this loki variant they're obviously uh up to no good but enjoying themselves why they're doing it we do get a shot then of this variant holding one of the one of the devices and tapping at the the kind of the sideways uh iphone slash android other phones are available whatever sure. you have on yourself and that's possible um, by any one phone if anyone's looking yeah, yeah um and you see the fingers and you're like well whose fingers are they are they Tom Hiddleston's, they don't look like it, is it somebody else? And uh, so that was interesting, just a nice little tease and then the kind of the green eyes and the darkness. So no, a really fun uh, opening, but also establishing just a, a couple more elements about that character and about how the, the TVA are actually working. And speaking of the TVA, we immediately cut back then to Loki and his brand new desk job. He's sitting there with the with the feet up in the desk and I know you were we were talking about it last week you're pretty excited about Miss Minutes mm. uh, voiced by Tara Strong um, and we actually get it like whatever the hell Miss Minutes actually is uh, it's brilliant but um, yeah obviously herself and uh, Loki are getting on well here Welcome to the Time Variance Authority I'm Miss Minutes and it's my job to catch you up before you stand trial for your crimes so settle in now, hang on just a minute. And we'll get you in front of a judge in no time. Yeah, so he's enjoying his jet ski magazine. <laughs> yeah, well, it's Owen It's Owen Wilson. I mean, of course, Owen Wilson has a jet ski magazine. You mentioned Wes Anderson last week, and it feels like they've lifted uh, Owen Wilson straight out of Wes Anderson's back catalogue uh, and said, you know what? We're going to take some of your character traits as well. No bother. And you love jet skis. So there you go. Well, he does like he makes a terrific argument in, uh, in this scene where he's he says that the pinnacle of human invention was <laughs> a jet ski, which is tough to argue with, especially True. since he he knows the entire past, present, and future of humanity's capabilities, and he's decided that the jet ski was was where we topped out. Uh, but yeah, we see we see Loki is chilling at the desk, and Miss Minutes arrives, and she seems to be both existing. In in the physical world, kind of. I'm not sure. Yeah, she does try to dodge being hit by the jet ski magazine, and yeah. then she jumps into the computer and she's on the screen there. Not fully sure what's going on, but I do. Con- like this is 
she's like something you'd see in a Pixar movie. You know, yeah, like the greatest yeah. supporting character who steals every scene that she's in. Um, and it's it's great to see now that Marvel have just borrowed that idea that yes, we, we're going to tell the story, obviously the emotional thrust of everything with the lead characters, but our supporting characters are going to blow everyone away. And she's just another one. It's uh, I'd say it before I said it again. I want the t-shirt on. I want it. <laughs> <laughs> I know you. We're going to get you that t-shirt. Thank Anybody you. who has that t-shirt, please send it to Rory at the Big Review Ski. That's your official address now. Um, you you mentioned Pixar and supporting characters there. The first thing that popped into my head was that little annoying paperclip character from Microsoft Word uh, who jumps up to assist you with stuff as well. Whatever his looks name like is. Looks like you're now, writing a letter. You might your business, <laughs> Clippy. So you're trying to save the universe. Can <laughs> I help you with that? Um, so yeah, um, obviously. Uh, Owen Wilson comes along there, and then they're bringing uh, Loki into the field for the first time and I know you want the t-shirt but do you also want this amazing new jacket yeah. that Loki is sporting with variant on the back it looks very very cool and obviously Tom Hiddleston can just pull that off yeah what a arsehole just looking <laughs> great brick. in everything that he puts what on <laughs> yeah uh, <laughs> yeah no that's that's again you know whenever the next comic con's happening everyone's going to have that jacket it's a, and it's a it's a much more achievable look than loki's <laughs> normal look which is cloaks and horns and stuff it's a jacket with writing on the back and everyone's gonna know immediately who you are so that was clever i can just see you uh like sitting in your bedroom at home like looking in the mirror like i've got this i've got this everybody slicking back their hair to make it as greasy so I've and already wet been looking doing as that. possible you've been doing that for years it's amazing <laughs> You're uh, quite the trendsetter. Um, there was a, lo- a lovely moment here before they go into the field and they're getting briefed uh, by Mobius. And you you'd mentioned last week that the thing about Loki is he always, as a character, he either he is the smartest person in the room, he often is, or he definitely believes himself to be the smartest person in the room. But it's And he has to let fine. everyone know he is the smartest yeah, one in the room. <laughs> exactly. And... I suppose the thing about this is it's all well and good, the show being funny so far, and obviously having plenty of action and Mm. uh, plenty of more serious beats as well. But it was lovely to get a reminder here in this briefing scene uh, when Loki basically schools everybody on his different uh, abilities and the difference between what it is to create an illusion and what it is to actually just replicate uh, somebody else or another person or another character. Um, but it, it was nice to get a reminder of like, he's not just the butt of the jokes because he is very funny in this and Tom Hiddleston can play it any way he wants and we're always second guessing, third, you know, triple guessing, whatever, um, what, what his true intentions are. But it was nice. It was just a nice wee moment, even though Owen Wilson did immediately undermine him by calling him, prof- here, we got Professor Loki over here. <laughs> and it's like, which is a lovely yeah, cut first, down. That's but, a really good Owen Wilson impression, I have to say. You're, you're nailing uh, it. So... I'm atrocious at impressions. So it's that's like, a really wait. good one. Oh, now I know yes, you're probably gonna is gonna have performance anxiety now. Oh no, I'm actually <laughs> crapping my pants. Um, maybe it's something to do with the fact my name is Owen as well. I don't know. Oh god, maybe I'm like the new Loki. Maybe I'm Loki variant. Oh, I'm getting carried away with it now. So the his explanation of the differences in those two pairs felt a bit pointed. It was like he was telling them in the room, but it felt more obvious that he was actually telling us in our own yeah. rooms it was like this is my power this is this other power don't get them mixed up because they're two different things so it was like right so he's setting he's letting us know something for later on so just for my own edification um the difference is he can duplicate himself as loki yes mm-hmm. but he can 
manipulate how he looks to look like anyone, but he can't yeah. duplicate that. Is that right? Hmm. I'm not 100% sure. I'll have to watch it back to see what his exact mm. wording is because he seemed very certain. And you know when someone speaks with authority. such authority, you're yeah. like, yes, I fully I fully understand and believe everything you're saying now, authoritative figure. Um, but yeah, it was basically he was getting pissed off with the fact that they weren't, or they were just kind of dismissing his powers and, you know, so he could make a copy of itself. But um, yeah, no, it feels like there's some finer details there that uh, that he's definitely aware of. And it's a nice explainer for us at home as well. Which I'll have to rewatch. Yeah, I think it was it was ba- for me anyway. My guess was that it was setting up that I I can't be creating someone else to do actions if they don't look like me. So if there's some someone else who's doing bad things and it doesn't look like Loki, mm. then it's not it's not Loki. But if there is another one of me, then it either is me or it's someone who looks exactly like me. Because obviously, they're looking for the variant, and we see that like I think it's on Wilson puts up. Uh, a mega mix of the different types of oh, Loki's yeah, that in, was very in existence, cool. and one of them is like a big, huge, like Hulk version. Yeah, of Loki. like loads of different versions of Loki. It's like, oh, which one? Which one is he? Is he going to be? Um, turns out none of them. But <laughs> it was nice to it was nice to get a glimpse into, and I'm sure this version of Loki was also looking at all those versions of Loki, going, "Oh wow, that that's a buff Loki." <laughs> that's a huge Loki, all right. Um, then they scoot off to they basically go full crime scene detectives. Uh, it's like CSI Renaissance Fair, <laughs> and they they rock up at it. And again, this was one of those scenes where you just don't know if you can trust Loki, and um, because obviously Tom Hiddleston goes really serious. He's like, I see a scheme. And in that scheme, I see myself. And you're like, ooh. And then just in the back of your head, you're like, no, wait. No, he's probably trying to trick everybody again. But it was just a nice little back and forth between um, Mobius and Loki again, just to kind of establish their relationship. And also the fact that Owen Wilson's character is kind of, he makes the call for us. And he's like, "Mm, nice. Nah, he's lying. He's lying. My ears are sharp too. So no, it was a nice little playful scene while also giving us a little bit of uh, insight. And well, you see, you can't really trust what Loki's saying, so you're not sure how uh, how valid any of his like comments were on on that actual crime scene. Yeah, and not to jump ahead, but I'm going to just a little bit. <clears throat> he does reference this scene again later in this episode, and he says there was a particular reason behind those actions. And I don't know if I believe him then either. Like, it's yeah. just everything he's saying about this. I'm like, hmm. It, it is, it's just a tricky proposition to have him be our protagonist in the show for the whole thing. We're like, don't don't trust you. <laughs> no, not, not a single, a not, not a, a single word. bit of trust. Because <laughs> um, then when they end up back in the, in, in the TVA after this again, and uh, Mobius, he's just, he's sick to death of of Loki's shit. And Loki's just like, I promise I won't do it again. <laughs> it's yeah. like, I want to believe you so badly, but I just don't. I just don't, Loki. <laughs> As you said, they do go back to the TV, and there's a nice uh, bit of interplay here, the scene between uh, Owen Wilson and Gugu and Bathu uh, Raw, because it goes into Renslayer's office. And it's like interesting. I was like, was I picking up? Like, do these two have chemistry in terms mm. of like, is there a past there? Were they kind of flirting with each other as well? Or are they just like really good friends? Um, obviously, Mobius is playing up the whole, oh, you're analyst on the side. You know, there's a bit of jealousy creeping through as well. It's like, who, do we know who that is? Or my, who that could be? My guess. Swing time. Swing, swing, time. swing, swing. It's another Owen Wilson. Oh, wow. 
that's my big guess there is that she has two of him there's oh a God, there's God. a variant of Owen Wilson who's just as good at the job at as this Owen Wilson um, but again in that scene it kind of feeds back to my big swing from last week Owen Wilson's he's just got lots of questions about those time lizard guys he's like hey, so can many we meet questions. them and can I get into a room with them and he in, in throughout this episode as well he's guessing what Loki's plan is like I, I bet you want to meet them and get in a room yeah. and try and talk them into doing whatever you want them to do which again I'm like is that what Owen actually wants Loki to do because as we've now established over and over again, he's very smart. But yeah. unlike Loki, is not in the mood to tell everyone how smart he is. He's just like, cards very close to his chest about his own uh, plans and ideas. So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, there was um, a couple of really interesting things in the scene as well. That line when he said he has never met the timekeepers. And Renslayer's kind of reassuring him. He's like, no, I can, I can assure you. They're very involved in this mm. case. Very, very involved. And you're like, yeah, sure they are when someone is telling you that. And like, you, d- you don't actually see the evidence of it. Because um, I had just presumed all along that him, th- that his character, he would have seen them. He would have met them, whatever. Because then he's going back to, it, it kind of it changes the whole dynamic of every time Loki is slagging off the space lizards. Uh, because the whole time Mobius has been defending them and saying, no, no, that's, this is this is the way it is. But then it kind of just, he may have his own seed of doubt then as well because he hasn't actually met them himself. And that's interesting, that big swing you, you mentioned about maybe a duplicate uh, Mobius in there somewhere because he does have that line where he's like, sometimes you just like to make it up or mix it up and you're tired of tired of playing the same part over and over again. And that ties in with what we were talking about last week. It's like, could Mobius be a a big badass? It always seems so. I mean, again, you said Catherine Han, uh, One Division, Agatha. You know, there there are potentially some similar beats there as well. But no, just a really interesting and big shout out to Natalie Holt who does the music for the whole series. But this there's lovely background music here, as we said, like the theremin and the the On Martino, um, oh. making those real kind of again? Uh, On Martino, On Martino. Oh my. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's my French Owen Wilson impression. Um, but yeah, uh, just a brilliant, uh, I cannot wait to actually get the soundtrack mm. properly and sit down and listen to it. Um, and then you know, they're back out, and as you said, uh, Mobius has less time for, for Loki's shit now, and he's like, you're here to help me catch the superior version of yourself. And then he goes, this was really harsh, I he calls him an ice runt, <laughs> which felt, I was like, ow. Yeah. Obviously, uh, hinting back to Loki's past, even though he was brought up in Asgard, he was uh, originally like one of the Frost Giants, essentially. Yeah, that was that was harsh, and it, it does it's it's mm, like Mobius knows where all of Loki's buttons are yeah. all the time. Uh, but this scene does, it actually spurs Loki on to do some proper work, some proper investigating. Again, kind of love that it involves files, like actual yeah, physical yeah, files. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but he's looking then, this is where he, he looks at the destruction of Asgard and he has yes. his little... Euphoria. No. What's the word? 
Eureka. Eureka moment. Well, <laughs> <laughs> Eureka moment. Um, he's like, oh, hang on. And he, he rushes back and he's like, hey, guess guess what? Two things. One, I'm going to ruin your salad with too much salt. <laughs> that was amazing, yeah. Amazing analogy. Uh, and two, I think I figured out where they're hiding and the, the explanation of where they're popping back to because it was a question I never asked. I was like, surely they must know where everywhere they're landing is causing a time rift. And it was it was genius to actually have them hide uh, under the kind of the a constant horizon of a terrible, terrible event that is going to set the, the slates kind of clean anyway. And they proved that by going to Pompeii just before uh, Vesuvius goes up. And <laughs> Loki's just having a blast in Italian, telling everyone, he's like, guess what? You're all going to die, lol. I think he's, he's actually not to be as you can hear from my own Martin though sure. my amazing French. I think he's he's going full Latin there for for Pompeii at the oh, time sorry. basically. Yeah, si senor. Um oh. but but no, going back to just the salad and the files uh, and the amazing bit of shh when he's uh, shushing his his fellow researcher there as well and she actually that lady gets a, a shout out in the in the credits as well at the end which is lovely it's just like archive shusher zelly <laughs> avridopolis <laughs> so like if that was my part i'd be like that's Perfect. me my best role i've ever played um interesting as well they're listening to the, the music in this scene is is back and on a uh, air and a g-string where they not that one right where okay. they uh obviously you can see that renslayer has got all these collected items from throughout history yeah and then obviously in the tva they're just listening to music that they like that have been discovered like through humanity or in the universe as well so that was just a an interesting detail as well but i loved as well as you said this storytelling device it made it just it just felt like oh that's a new kind of plot element that i haven't you know that i haven't my brain hasn't come across something like that before where it was like the variants or the bad guy maybe bad guy Mm-hmm. Um, is hiding in an apocalypse and we wouldn't know. It just felt very clever and made loads of sense immediately within the context of the show uh, and within the universe. So I, I love that because there's an earlier part where they they describe what a Nexus event is and my brain was like doing, oh, come yeah. on, try and work out what <laughs> they're trying to say here. And it's like Nexus events happen when somebody does something they're not supposed to do, which leads to a chaotic alteration of a predetermined outcome. And the only reason I was able to do that is because I had written it down. But that doesn't happen if something like uh, an apocalypse uh, is happening, which then leads us on to, let's go and test the theory. And we've seen Pompeii, or people speculated that it was Pompeii in the trailer. Um, and I was wondering when they're going to come to the, you know, every time you see a trailer, you're like, oh, when are they going to actually reveal that moment uh, in the actual series? So I'm delighted it's actually come quite early mm. uh, in the series. Um, just before they get to Pompeii, Casey is back, you know, eating his lunch as well. Whenever yeah, <laughs> Loki poor steals Casey. his juice. <laughs> poor Casey. He just looks at Loki. He's like, you. <laughs> <laughs> and that's his entire uh, his entire contribution for the episode. But it's amazing. Yeah, I, I loved um Loki in the scene in Pompeii because as you said he just seems to be having an absolute blast whereas Owen Wilson is trying to be way more careful because he just does everything by the book doesn't want to well well well, does he does he being there at all isn't by the book he just that's true actually uh, Loki kind of tempts him into it as well yeah yeah but like again I don't know how how much he's being tempted and how much he's testing out his own plot to see how much he can get away with like because now Mobius knows people can hide 
in the apocalypse as well should he should anyone else need to mm. yeah i had the same kind of brain tumble tumble dryer moment where they were explaining the nexus points and then they have to get cancelled out to for the line to go back and i was like but if you can see if you can see the passage <laughs> of time it, then you Don't already know that someone's being sent to cancel out the nexus point so surely it wouldn't matter because you'd see it on the on the timeline that it's been cancelled because you could see into the future. Ah, so it's, yeah, like they do their best to try to explain all of it. And yes, the hiding in the apocalypse is clever within the context of the show. But I do feel I'm a bit like Loki talking to Mobius. I'm like, I'm just that one step behind where I'm like, wait, I don't <laughs> quite grasp what's happening. I mostly do. But yeah, there's one yeah. or two things where I'm like, but this? And and I always feel like the show's a bit like, we're explaining it a bit, but also just kind of go with it a bit. Which is which is fine, because I've got 100%. it. 100%. Um, I know we had said that, obviously, Owen Wilson goes very Owen Wilson with his Jet Ski magazine as well. There's also the bit, I don't know if it was in the script or if it's improvised, but it's when Owen Wilson wants Loki to start doing something just to disrupt uh, Pompeii before... Uh, the volcano erupts and he just wants to start small and he's just like just make some bird noises <laughs> <Do> you, know? <laughs> you know and it's just like and Loki's like no 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 uh, and he decides to free his his horned friends uh, the goats essentially so that's a lovely little uh, scene obviously again between them then back to the TVA um, more jet ski chat where yep. as we all established early 90s the pinnacle of, uh, of humankind um, but this felt very um, like Loki the devil on Mobius's shoulder uh, and I thought it was going one way when it was like, uh, Mobius is like, the TVA is my life. And 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 then they start having this this much more deep and meaningful conversation about creation and life and death and free will. And I was like, whoa, this is getting heavy. But ultimately, it all leads to uh, Mobius having his his moment of clarity. Uh, and running off and going, that's it. We need to. We need to basically check these files and discover uh, what's going on here exactly uh, to to whittle it down uh, to the exact apocalypse that they're looking for. But uh, yeah, what did you? I suppose that just kind of ties in with the theory again, potentially that this is Mobius going down a, a potentially darker path. Yeah, I don't. I, I didn't. I I did enjoy that conversation because. It started off with Loki saying, "How could, how could it be that they've created everything?" And then Mobius just flips it on him. He's like, well, "Who created you?" Yeah, and he's like, "Odin or whoever's like, and who created him?" So you, you can't keep going back. You can't argue that one way and then not have it argued back to you, which I thought was was great. Um, I do have like so everyone in the TVA was created by the Time Lizards, and they're yeah. supposedly eternal or immortal or whatever. But they could still just have their necks broken in the real world. Is that right? So that, did that half was, of them disappear during the snap, or no? Did they just come into work one day and they're like, "Where is <laughs> everyone?" Well, you, pres- you presume if um, Thanos is by by Thanos by clicking his fingers in the snap, um, that was across the universe. So mm. you would expect. <laughs> wait, does one one and a half of the the timekeepers, space lizards, did they disappear as well? Um, but basically. Uh, I was wondering that as well because whenever they, because what we're building up to now is this big showdown in the Roxcart shopping mall in mm. 2050 in Alabama. So they they work out that this is obviously the place where it could be because of the kablooey 
uh, chewing gum or bubble gum, the candy that we had seen in the first episode. Um, and it's lovely, again, just those little details coming back and a bit of detective work. And here we go. What was it? Oh, there was the extinction of the swallow as well, which sounds uh, terrifying. It's like, please don't let all the swallows die. But, um, but I was wondering that about this real world because... Loki can just use his magic again, no bother, once he's out of the TVA, it seems, obviously, when he dries his clothes. Mm. Um, but then again, uh, like the Minutemen, like they obviously just can be hurt here uh, in the real world, uh, and there's that risk there for him. So uh, the Rocks Cart Showdown uh, is, is it's like it's a whole, like it's like a mini action movie in itself, essentially, from the from the introduction of the, of the location. Y- yes, I think I didn't get, action movie i got serial killer movie oh i got um like david fincher seven remember i said it was gonna pay off mm-hmm, mm-hmm, <laughs> the fincher mm-hmm. from earlier my of course Chekhov single frame of penis <laughs> uh yeah i definitely got like serial killer um vibes from it that again going back to the press conference um that we we attended just before the show started the, the head writer said and the director actually said that this scene in particular was was uh, a nod towards Seven and Silence of the Lambs and Zodiac in that like it's it's detective work and it pays off in a hunt for a particular killer, mm-hmm. and even the camera work, the lighting, everything about the scene was was so particularly finchery. But when they do eventually meet who they're there to meet again, I'm being very careful with the words I'm using. Mm-hmm. It's, it reminded me of one particular 90s serial killer movie, and I'm wondering if you've ever seen it. Do you ever see a film called Fallen? Dumb and Dumber, yeah. Fallen. Fallen? Fallen. No, remind me. Denzel Washington is the lead detective in it, and he's hunting someone. Oh, and they can change bodies. They can touch bodies, and it passes... They're kind of this, this serial killer solved from one yeah, person to the next yeah, just by touching yeah. their hands and watching through the scene as they you know go from one person to the next just by touching them. I was like, oh my, that's that's fallen. That's that's a deep cut because fallen's not a great movie to be honest. <laughs> well, but like, I was gonna say I completely forgot that that film had existed. Uh, but yeah, that that kind of technique of just transferring body which i i loved because I, I thought like the first guy that they came across who's like well there's a cur- hurricane sale half off <laughs> like looking at the plants i was like okay well it's obviously not going to be the first person they find but then it was yep. and um obviously a brilliant uh opportunity for all these actors in this scene to all channel their inner tom hiddleston playing loki uh, and like a series of brilliant performances as it changes from character to character. But I completely forgot, maybe for the best, uh, about the existence of Fallen. Yeah, like, I mean, if this episode brings a bit of a Fallen renaissance back, you know, <laughs> I'd be fine with that. So you'll suddenly see it, number one, on whatever streaming platform it's on. But yeah, it was interesting that the movie, or the, this episode did lean so hard into that 90s vibe of serial killer thrillers that all... You know, those ones that all kind of felt a little bit the same, like Copycat and... Yeah, the Bone uh, Collector. Exactly, yeah. yeah. But uh, but then when they did the touchy hand thing, I was like, oh my God, it's fallen. Oh my God, it's fallen. Uh, <laughs> and no one's going to get this reference. Um, yeah, so then they touch hands and she, they, she has... Sorry, they... Oh, okay. uh, well, Damn I, it! <laughs> Actually, it goes into the body of the agent who hates Loki. Yes, B-13, I think, or B-15 is her name. Yes, and the rest of them discover 
the other agent who's kind of talking in tongues. She's she's yes, yes, yes. Looks completely terrified from the opening scene. Yes, uh, and then eventually we do kind of come face to face with both the actual villain and their <laughs> uh, nefarious plan. Uh, I was shocked at the uh, at the extent of what because I was I was I was aware of what they were doing in the previous scenes. And then when it was all kind of grandly revealed, I was like, oh, that's, that's bad. So let's talk about this reveal then, because all obviously right. Loki uh, variant is moving from body to body. Yes. And our Loki, Tom Hiddleston, is kind of calling them out. He's like, show your face, you know, stop in a car. They have a fight with a Hoover, uh, all that kind of crack. Which the is usual. like if <laughs> yeah, you know, again, as I said, action movie. You know, what yep. action movie have you seen where they don't have a fight with a Hoover? Um, uh, he's got some brilliant lines. He does his sheath your smam, which is the most like uh, Tom Hiddleston uh, line ever. And then whenever uh, the character is revealed as this lady and the actress's name, uh, Sophia DiMartino. Yes. Who I did not know. Uh, I didn't. Re- so like. You know, obviously, whenever the hood comes down and you see the face, I was like, I, 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 I don't know who you are. <laughs> <laughs> like, I have no idea. But you could see, obviously, she is Loki and she has her own little version of like the little horned uh, helmet. Like she's got tiny little horns there as well. And you see an immediate twist in uh, our original Loki when he's like, basically tries to recruit her. And says, like, do you want to come and work for me and basically be my my lieutenant or whatever? Um, So then, what is it about? uh, Well, what did you think of this reveal? First of all, were you like, oh my god, or this is oh, this is kind of maybe what I was expecting anyway? No, like I wasn't, I wasn't expecting because last week our guess was, well, my guess anyway was that it might be like Frost Giant Loki, like just Loki in in blue when he wants to get revenge and whatever. Mm-hmm. So seeing uh, this character, it is uh, her name is Lady Loki, and it is in just in in alternate timelines. Loki is a lady, which also feeds back to this stuff we were talking about last week, where the the gender was kind of non defined on his file, and that's exactly why it's because in some realities he is he is a lady, uh, and this is this is one of those. So it is. It is interesting. I'm like we're still not fully sure why she's deciding to try to tear time apart as we know it, which could end all life everywhere. Because Loki's goal is normally to rule and yeah. to be feared and bloody bloody selfish. Blah. Yeah, and destroying everything for everyone everywhere isn't selfish. <laughs> it just seems a bit overkill. It's a real dick move. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we're not sure why Lady Loki's doing this. Uh, but we when we do see her do, like, portal the the kind of eraser bombs all across all of the timeline, yeah, and landing as we because we aren't we only really see the the aftermath of it uh, from the TVA's perspective as they're watching the timeline just completely fragment and everyone in there starts to lose their shit entirely. <laughs> yeah, it's like somebody has just bombed the sacred timeline. Yeah, it's just and it, it's there's too much gone wrong for them to kind of handle and you can see that's going to be simultaneously where the where the rest of the show is going to be it's them trying to fix what lady loki's destroyed 
while also trying to track down Loki and Lady Loki because Loki just kind of pops off through the portal after her. Yeah, yeah. And then it immediately shuts uh, on them as well. Which means so, she left it open for him. Yeah, it like it feels like, yeah, if you wanted to close that portal, yeah. you, you definitely, definitely could have. Yeah, so, and, and on Wilson and the rest are running after him, but they just miss it. And then we see, um, I was nearly going to call her Ravenclaw. What's her name? Renslayer. Renslayer. Uh, pick up her sword in the office, which is the the greatest lady pick up a weapon since uh, <laughs> Emily Blunt cocked that shotgun at the end of a quiet place. And we're like, oh, <laughs> stuff's gonna happen. You just know she's yeah. gonna be real handy with that weapon. So yeah, like it's it's we're only the second episode in, and it has set up so much interesting and exciting stuff. Um, yeah, it was fantastic. It was great. Yeah, I I did really like the reveal, and I like the fact. Obviously, it's great whenever you do get um, like a holy shit moment. You're like, oh my god, it was them all along. Um, but it is, it is good to obviously get to introduce somebody new and somebody who's more of an unknown. Um, and again, you know, Marvel won't be messing around with the type of people that they're hiring. Mm. You know, obviously, uh, Sophia Di Martino is going to be <laughs> excellent in this role. Um, I was one slight little bit of disappointment. I thought whenever the hood came down, uh, in terms of it being a Loki variant, I was hoping it would be Matt Damon. Do you remember he played him in uh, yeah. in Thor Ragnar? It was like part of me was holding out, but I think you wouldn't put it past uh, the writers or just Marvel in general for like one of the episodes. Just or you know they could have even have done it when they were doing those little holographic versions of like these are the forms uh, Loki could potentially take, and then Matt Damon is just sitting there in the middle, in the middle of them as well. But yeah, it'd be massively interesting to see. Uh, where they go from here. Obviously, Loki chasing the uh, Lady Loki, uh, the Loki variant, uh, and then Owen Wilson and the other team stranded where they are in Roxcart, and then all hell breaking this back at the TVA uh, with Renslayer or Rowena Ravenclaw, whatever you want to call her, <laughs> um, you know, about to get stuck into the action. So they've just set that up lovely at the end. Uh, I, I just wanted to say uh, last week you had the brilliant observation of the end credits where it appeared that there were missing uh, names or spaces within it or larger spaces than usual. So I was really paying attention for the second episode. And I was like, oh, my God, he's on to something. Uh, Has some of them been filled in? Well, I'm not sure if the first week, uh, if Sofia Martino was in there in that way, but nope. she's definitely there now filling one of the gaps in this one. So, and Sasha Lane's uh, name was, was in there where one of the gaps was last week as well. Ah, uh, interesting. So, well, there you go. It looks like they are filling out those gaps, which uh, means there were at least another, I think maybe two, three or four I still there four, potentially. If my math is right, there's still four gaps to be filled. Now, I know just because it's been announced already, there is one big actor who is still to arrive. Do you okay. know? Do you oh, want to know? No, I'm, I'm torn between knowing. Okay, go on. Tell me. Go on. Go on. And we don't know what this car- is a spoiler spoiler filled exactly. uh, breakdown of it. Uh, and we don't know in what capacity they're coming yeah. in. But Richard E. Grant is going to be in the oh, show. Oh, brilliant! Yeah, yeah. Um, in an undisclosed role. Um, so I imagine he'll be one of them as well. Well, he just feels like old Loki or older Loki. You could just see them yeah. looking and like literally delivering lines in the exact same way. Richard E. Grant and Tom Hiddleston. Yeah, I'd say having the two of them on screen together just like out pompousing each other will be just fantastic. Um, and my only other observation is Roxmart, uh, the supermarket they end up yeah. in at the end. It's a part of 
Roxon conglomerate, and okay. they are um if stark industries was actually run by an evil evil man they've they're whereas stark initially was like weapons and that's fine and i'm not really involved in but but then he he turns it around to become a bit more philanthropic and nice about more things. of a more of a good guy yeah, yeah. rock sounds like no um fracking and <laughs> all uh, the bad stuff child labor in poor countries and blah 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 blah, blah. like they're bad um, right. So seeing the Rocksmart supermarket in the end, I'm like, is that because they have been very gently n- mentioned before? Like in Iron Man one, I think the Iron Monger throws Iron Man through a petrol tank and it explodes, and the petrol tank is so Rocksmart. Rocks oh, right, right. Okay, okay. Um, but that was back in the early days when it was like, look at look at a mention. Is that enough? Yeah. Would that be enough? Here's a wee nugget. But I feel that. Uh, every mention in in any of the shows now are definitely, you know, breadcrumbs. More important breadcrumbs than just like a, a yeah. subtle nod. So I wonder if that will uh, raise its head again. Yeah, no, it definitely feels like any kind of wee nugget like that would be way more intentional and way more part of the the bigger issue. It was like in the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, uh, whenever they're in Madripoor and they see the bar, uh, the logo of the bar that's owned by uh, Wolverine, and they're mm. kind of, oh, are they linking, obviously, the MCU with the um, with the X-Men here and that as well. So everything does feel uh, a little bit more pointed and uh, intentional. And if you pick up on the reference, it's like, yep, okay, here's a bonus cookie for you, or here's have a stick of kablooey. Um, I think that's pretty much everything covered uh, in this one. Two really strong episodes so far, it's fair to yep. say. Yep, yep, I just... Uh... Can I, is the third one? Can we watch it now? Can I watch it? Like, <laughs> I'm afraid. Right this second? I'm afraid. Well, actually, if you got one of those wee time portals or time oh. resetters, like by all means, maybe. Do you know what? <laughs> no, I was like, we'd watch I'm, it I'm and already... we'd end up being attacked by the TVA. We've, <laughs> we've we've Death. broken the the sacred timeline by going and, and skipping ahead. But uh, I'm already excited for 8 a.m. next Wednesday. I'm already excited <laughs> yeah. to not sleep on Tuesday because it's like Loki Eve. <laughs> I'm just wondering what two thoughts I'm going to have this week. I can't wait. It's going to be like so exciting. What a rush! Oh my God, it's just a uh, poor, poor own <laughs> just yeah, sympathy yeah, for so yeah, many thoughts time. in that brain yeah. of yours. My God, some of us need this. Um, okay, listen, uh, Rory. Thank you as ever for your breakdown on the brand new episode of Loki. Uh, thank you to Sound Paul on Sound as well. Um, I kind of feel sorry for Sound Paul because he's he's a, a Marvel fan, he's a Loki fan as well, and he wants to watch the show as well. But we keep forcing him to record this while we watch the show. You know, we watch it and then so he hasn't had no, a chance to do listen, it yet. So nobody's stopping him from getting up at eight AM. <laughs> Be nice like to Sound Paul. Just nice like to us to skip sleep for the sake of your love for Loki. But I yeah. uh I do yeah, I'm sorry. Well, I am sorry is I'm as sorry as I can feel about this <laughs> And that's about as sorry as it gets with you. Uh, and thank you to everybody for listening uh, and subscribing uh, to the show. And don't forget, we'll be watching you oh. for all time. Jeez. Always. It's like Santa. Well, I was going, yeah, it's like Santa is the TVA. I wonder if Santa exists within the TVA. Oh, he, that's how he gets around the world so quickly. <gasps> I wonder if Santa's one of the timekeepers. It's Santa. Santa's a space fairy. And and the and the Easter Bunny. Those are the three space lizards. Uh, we'll see you next week. See ya. Bye.